Welcome to the Tree Leaf Zendo podcast. Tree Leaf is a Soto Zen Sangha available anytime, anywhere at treeleaf.org. Come sit with us. Well, everyone, next week is um, uh, our auspicious occasion, our uh, annual Jukai ceremony, Undertaking the Precepts. I think this is, a, I don't know, about maybe the 10th time we've had the Jukai, and, uh, but we don't always talk about the ceremony itself and what it means. And the ceremony can mean a lot of things, and that's what we're going to talk about today. I actually struggle with the ceremony. I have a Japanese fellow here, so I'm going to translate a little. I don't understand. And then uh, I actually heard an atheist a, a while back, and uh, I think it was actually Richard Dawkins who said, you know, even atheists need ceremonies. They're good. They pull us together. They give meaning. And Richard Dawkins says he always goes to the university graduation ceremony and the wedding ceremonies. He likes ceremonies. So this ceremony can have a lot of meanings, and I'm going to talk about some of the meanings. And I'm going to encourage, you know, this is not a song where I tell you what it has to mean. I want you to find the meaning for you. I'll give you a range of possibilities, and you find what resonates in your heart. Um because really, there can be a lot of ways to look at these things. Now, let's begin at the top with the bowing. This is actually one of the hardest parts for some people, uh, this first part, where you bow to your parents. And a couple years ago, I had someone say to me, oh, you know, my father was a really bad guy. I can't bow to him. He was a drunk. He beat my wife and my mother, you know. And I don't want to, to bow. And I said, well, you know, I leave that to you. This is something that came from Chinese culture, you know, Confucianism, being respectful of your parents. And if you can't, but I encourage you to recognize the suffering he caused in your family. To do your best, if you can't forgive it, at least to allow it to recognize his hurt, the pain inside him that caused him to be that way. He was also, in a sense, maybe the victim of abuse in his own way. And maybe just bow and say, thank you for physically giving birth to me. I mean, physically being the source of the DNA. And he said, okay. And he bowed and he said, well, he was bowing during the ceremony. He st suddenly started crying because for the first time he felt some deep resonance with his terrible, terrible father. So we bow just gratitude. Thank you for raising us. Thank you for giving birth to us. And thank you even sometimes for being the imperfect parent you were. 
That's how I look at it. But I leave that to you again. Yeah. And then the next part is also difficult. And you're supposed to bow to me. Well, actually, that's the point. It's not to me, but it is. You know, if you went back to... Okay, we lost the signal for a second. The abbot was the guru, was the Buddha. In the old Chan temples in China and Japan too, you know, they took the statue off the altar and the abbot would sit up there and was worshipped as the living Buddha. People think they don't know that about Chan history, but the abbot's house became the center of the temple and the abbot was sitting on the altar and people would look at him not just as a symbol of the Buddha, but as a living Buddha. Okay? Now, I, you know, I used to think that's love me tender, but I actually think that's the Hanya Shingyo. Hanya Harami Anyway, no. Okay. So, uh, if you wish to worship me as a living Buddha, uh, again, I leave this up to you, but I encourage you not to do that. This is very much out of favor, of course, in the West, where I say to people, please, when you bow, it's like when the judge comes in the courtroom and his robes and his gavel and what he represents in the system of justice. You get up and you, everyone stands and says your honor. Uh, we bow to the place where I'm sitting, the office I'm holding, what I represent, that represents this wonderful lineage. Uh, it's not to me. It's not to any, I'm just a person. Uh, it's kind of uh, bowing to uh, what I temporarily represent when I'm sitting here. Okay. Now, it, the ceremony begins with a request. The recipients say the following words, Life and death are of supreme importance, and time swiftly passes by. Thus I wish to receive the great precepts of Gautama Buddha. Please permit me to receive the precepts. That's why we sit Zazen, you know, because life and death are of supreme importance, and we want to know what is the meaning of all this. And hopefully in Zazen we find what is life, what is death, what maybe transcends life and death and even time. But you know, in our Buddhism too, the precepts in Zazen are one. If in modern interpretation, the Kai supports our Zazen, and Zazen is upheld by Kai, Kai means the precepts. You cannot properly practice Zazen, you cannot properly find the meaning of life and death if you're filled with anger, if you're filled with excess desires, if you're filled with jealousies. You are dead in a sense in already. If you want to find the real meaning of life and death, the real meaning of Zazen, the precepts and Zazen are one. Zazen
zazanu imi lao karimasu. You sure you don't want to sit down? Okay. Okay. But you know, there was another funny interpretation of the ceremony that uh, has been traditional in Soto Zen and is even prevalent in Japan now. And I told people this from time to time and they go, what? And that is that the ceremony itself is everything. There's no reason even to study the precepts and there's no reason to live by the precepts. Just taking the ceremony is kind of the magic. So a lot of priests in Japan say that, come take Jukai. Do I have to study the precepts? No, no. Do I have to live by the precepts? Well, it would be nice, but we don't really care. Just take the ceremony. Do you know that's actually a prevalent uh, teaching? And it actually has a basis in Buddhism, you know, in, that the, there's a lot of Buddhism where the ceremony itself has the power. But this is not accepted by uh, most teachers in the West these days, and not even accepted by so many teachers in Japan or China. You have to live by the precepts. You have to study the precepts. And we don't expect you to be robots, and you're not priests in a monastery. No one's asking you to, to live by the 248 rules that uh, a traditional priest is, is to live by. But be good. Be gentle. Be kind. And this will help you solve the matter of life and death. To me, the ceremony is just a celebration of living that way. The ceremony itself is like a birthday party. The ceremony itself doesn't do anything. The, cer the ceremony itself celebrates that you're trying to live that way as best you can. You know? Sono shiki wa ne, jisai. パーティーです。あの、EY the meaning in the ceremony you wish. I, I encourage you not to go for that interpretation that all you need to do is the ceremony and then you can go out and kill someone and rob a bank. I think that would be a big mistake and would completely misunderstand this. But neither expect yourself to be a robot. Do your best, our ceremony says, to live by the precepts. Be sincere about it. Make mistakes and try and try again. And the ceremony celebrates this. That's the interpretation I encourage you to have. Now we have the recitation of the lineage in the verse of atonement. And this is where we tell this history and how you are now joining this club that really you've always been a member of, but you may not realize it. And what did the word say? The great precepts of God, Tama Buddha were kept by all Buddhas. They were transmitted from Buddha to Buddha, and they were received from ancestor to ancestor. We say there's only one Buddha, but actually in Buddhism, there was a long string of Buddhas. And then we had all the ancestors, the teachers, generation to generation who have kept this alive. And then it comes down to today. That's what it's saying. 
The receiving of the precepts transcends the three kinds of time, past, present, and future. And the experience of truth will continue forever. Our great teacher, Gautama Buddha, transmitted the precepts to Master Mahakashapa. He was in the, he held up a, the Buddha held up a flower and Mahakashapa smiled. And that's the story we tell about the first generation. And then it said, Master Mahakashapa transmitted the precepts to Master Ananda. And it is said the transmission of the precepts has continued in this way passing from orthodox successor to orthodox successor in one line. And so, after many ages, has come to me. That's me. Now I am bestowing the precepts upon you to return the profound benevolence of our great teacher, Gautama Buddha, and to make you the standard for human beings in all life. We trust this to be the true reception of Gautama Buddha's wisdom in life. Respectfully following the approval of Gautama Buddha, we would like to devote ourselves to the precepts and atone. You know, as I've said many times, this lineage story is not quite historical. Did, this, did the flower story actually happen? I wasn't there. I don't know. I haven't seen any photos. That's what we say. But it has meaning. It represents something. Even if the lineage of generation to generation, we're not sure exactly who all these people were, help these teachings survive, develop, grow, change, and become what we have today. And now it's your turn to be part of this. And... There's an, an element of this that's kind of like an initiation into a club. When I, when I was in university, I was in uh, Delta Sigma Phi fraternity. Go Delta Sigs. Any Delta Sigs here? You don't know the secret handshake? Okay. Well, anyway, there's a lot of similarity. Well, actually, no. The Delta Sigs had much better keg parties than the Buddhists. I know. This is true. But that, that's long behind me, those days. Right now, though, there is an initiation into a kind of club. We don't say fraternity because that's a sexist term. You are a member of this family, and you always have been. And does that mean you're one of the great Buddhas and ancestors? If you live in a good way according to the precepts and with wisdom, then that's in you. That is there. And if you live with ignorance and anger, you're still a member of the club, but you're the one who doesn't realize it. So this is a recognition that if you live gently and you live in a tone, you realize that you're a member of this family. You too. And we atone before we begin the, the ceremony. And I could talk about this itself for days. We talk about all harmful acts, words, and thoughts ever committed by me since of old. On account of beginningless greed, anger, and ignorance, bored of my body, mouth, and mind, now I atone for them all.
It's saying, I'm sorry. We all make mistakes. And we try not to make them again. But we will. So that's why we recite this each day. There's not a day that I go through that I'm completely free of greed, anger, or divisive thinking and ignorance. So I recite this each day. We also call this aversive at one mint. That's a cute thing that someone came up with in the West to represent the fact that there's an aspect of Buddhism where the precepts never can be broken because there's no one to kill. There's nothing to steal. There are no two people to speak badly of each other. There's nothing to compare yourself to. So how can you put someone above you or below you? So there's no precept that can be broken from one perspective in our Buddhism. When we sit Zazen, there's no harm that can be done. However, in this real world, in this day-to-day -day world, oh, we can hurt people, we can hurt ourselves, we can do badly, we can speak badly, we can have angry thoughts, we can do terrible acts, and thus we atone again and again. Okay? So then the kaishi, that's the preceptor, that's me, I say, now we have cleansed ourselves of the products of body, speech, and mind with the approval of Gautama Buddha, all Buddha's ancestors, symbolically, they're here with us, and they've given their approval. Thumbs up from the boss man. Okay. And we have gained great purity through our atonement. Then we take the three devotions, which are also known as the three refuges. And, and people have some problem with this in the West, too, because they said, I grew up in a religious trans, uh, tradition. I don't like the idea of someone saving me or taking refuge. Or, and I say, call them the three reliances. Call them the three great helpers or the great helps or the three homes where you feel at home. It's just a name. But we say the three refuges, three devotions. A lot of these words here, by the way, in the ceremony, I took from Nishijima Roshi. This is the words he used. And I say to people, these are translations of Chinese and Japanese that came from Sanskrit. They're just translations. There's no one word that you need to use here to represent this. If you want to call it the three great things that I really believe in or trust, that anything you want to call it, I'm happy with it. You find in your heart. And so we undertake the three devotions that, again, these are just words. You can, I just put them here. You can find your own words if you wish, but it says something like respectful devotion to Buddha, respectful devotion to Dharma. Here, Dharma means the teachings. So respectful devotion to Buddha. Thank you. The teachings, we thank you very much. We rely on them, and to the Sangha, the community. And we say these things three times, then we just say devotion to Buddha, 
the guiding one, devotion to Dharma, teaching, uh, devotion to Sangha, the embracing community, right? Okay. The leaf part, which was a twig, and um, I had to modify this, of course, because our ceremony, for the first time in the history of the world, as far as I know, we're doing this across this means of communication. And the ceremony was actually another, in traditional belief, the Roshi would take this, he would put the holy water, he would do an esoteric gesture with his hand, which would bring power. This is a, an esoteric Buddhist influence in, in, in Zen. I do a special secret gesture, like my secret fraternity handshake I can't show you. So I'm going to cover it up here. This would bring the power. And then I actually, the wisdom and power from me to you. So, like, really, the transferring my wisdom and power. And then we do, we, uh, there's a holy water from the, from the Tibet or Ganges. And then I take the power back. Okay. That's the magical meaning of the ceremony. If you, if you wish to go that way, you may. I take it just as a connection. Hug and embrace. Uh, two Eskimos rubbing noses or touching foreheads. This is me reaching out to you with a leaf to say we're connected and you touching the leaf across space and time and putting it on your head and I rub my head. We're brothers and sisters here. That's what I believe. But you find the meaning you wish. If you would like to, if my power and energy uh, will help you, I let it come and travel across the world and, and fill you. That's that you, you find the meaning you wish. So I say at the time, the giving of the precepts of three demotions is like this. From now on, Gautama Buddha and all Buddhas are your great teachers. Never devote yourself to false teachings, you know, harmful teachings or the like. Uh, I think that means uh, half the things you hear on Oprah Winfrey, don't, don't get involved in those groups. Stay, stay with what we do. That's a little... New age. Anyway, um, these precepts were retained by Buddhas of the past. They were transmitted by the ancestors. Now I give them to you. You should uh, retain them sincerely. Okay? You should retain them sincerely. And then we get into the precepts. And I'm not going to talk about the precepts very much because most of you have reflected on the precepts for months and months and months, what it means. And um, even the words here, again, I'm saying these are the words I took mostly from Nishijima Roshi's ceremony. I modified some, uh, some of them, but you find the wording to this in your heart. Um, the three pure precepts or universal precepts to seek as you can in this body and life to avoid doing harm. Self and others. Not to, by the way. To seek as you can in this body and life to live in a healthful and helping way, doing good. To seek as you can in this body and life to live for the benefit of all sentient beings. I, I think that's a perfectly nice way to live. 
。できるだけ悪いことをしないでください。できるだけいいことをしてください。できるだけ他の人間を手伝ってください。そういう、そういうだけです。Okay? And、uh, we always say here though, As I said, some people say you don't even have to study the precepts or follow the precepts. I don't believe that, but I don't believe you're a robot either. And I think you're a human being. I'm not saying that's a license to go out immediately and rob banks and beat up people. I'm saying do your best, but you're a human being. So it says, Will you seek as you can? Yes, I will. We did that three times. Then the verse of the Kessa. I'm going to, for many reasons, for time and other reasons, I'm going to pass on that. I'm actually going to ask Shingen. Shingen, would you do a little talk on the verse of the Kessa sometime? And When would you like that? Oh, anytime. Anytime at all. Okay. Just okay. To, we'll post it up there in, in, the, in the forum and you can talk about this. But also, again, I believe. This was one of the things I, I went in with Taigu. Taigu is very much about the, the power of the Kesa, and I, and I said, I'm more of the symbol of the Kesa. You find what it means to you again. I think this Kesa reminds us of something and represents something very, very, very important. And that is why it has a power to remind us of it represents these teachings. Okay. And then at the end of the ceremony, We have the joining of the circle, which always reminds me of that beautiful Johnny Cash song. You know, may the circle be unbroken by and by, Buddha, by and by. It's a country song. We welcome you to the club again. And, and to show that, okay, I was sitting here in the, in the Buddha seat. Ceremony. Now, guess what? <clears throat> you sit in the Buddha seat because we've now recognized that you have this inside you. And we, all the people who have received Jukai in the past, we circle around you to welcome you to the club. So I, I, I explain it here, and it says, We will symbolically exchange places. Symbolically, as I circle around you, all the members of the Sangha, who have previously undertaken Jukai, all teachers, all Buddhas and ancestors, even the ones from thousands of years ago, they're all here in our hearts. They're circling around you to welcome you. Please close your eyes and see that you are now sitting where I was sitting. Picture yourself sitting in this chair where I have been sitting. Place your hands in Gasho and feel us circling around you. And then, as we do this, I recite the following words. I ring a little bell. I think it's a wake up bell. A person who receives the Buddhist precepts enters the state of Buddha at once. Really? They stand at the same level of Gautama Buddha. We can say they are a child of Buddha. I'll let you interpret that as you wish, but it basically means、um, you're Buddha if you live by the precepts. Uh, that's Buddha, Buddha come alive. And、uh, you are Buddha and also a child of Buddha, which means、um, be good. If you live good, gently, helping sentient beings, well, welcome to the club. 
And I think that's, you know, all I have to say about the ceremony, basically, and I'll leave the rest to your own heart. <laughs> I think he understood 20%. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, so how about some questions? Must have at least one or two questions. I depend on my students for questions. Yes, Shingen. Thank you, Jingo. It's not really a question. I think actually I just want to reflect back with what we were saying about the verses of torment and actually uh, how I also really um, appreciate that practice because I practice it daily. And I usually practice it at the end of my day because it allows me to be really aware of how I was throughout that day. So I can give some reflection to say, you know, was I patient? Was I giving? Was I, you know, uh, impatient to the driver in front of me? And then it allows me really as an individual personally to grow and to be more um, mindful of my actions, my impact in the world around me. So I just wanted to reflect on that because I really like that you brought that up. Because for me, I, I would say I make so many mistakes of greed anger and ignorance during my day, I probably should be reciting it constantly, at least 200 times a day. So I don't think the time you recite it matters as long as you say it sincerely and do your best not to do it again. Thank you. Kionin, what's your question? I was about to ask precisely right at this time. Um, it's not a question, it's um, more of a comment for all the people who is uh, receiving yukai for the first time. And it really helps to think that living by the precepts is, is not for us, it's never for us, it's for the benefit of others. Always, if we picture this before thinking about us, it, it will be really, really easy to follow, or not, not really easy, it will be just easier, a little bit easier to follow the precepts and to live by them if we think before about the benefits our behavior gets to other sentient beings. And in, in by doing this, we get uh, a side benefit which is uh, happiness and and an ethic and calm life for us. So uh, it's a win-win situation if we follow the precepts by thinking first in other people. I think that's true, and it's probably uh, uh, something that should be emphasized more. Even sitting zazen, all our practice is not for us. If you think right. you're sitting zazen for you, you're kind of missing the point. You're actually sitting zazen for all sentient beings of which you are one. When people ask me what's the benefit of the Zen, I say that it's the most generous thing thing we can do because for at least twenty minutes we stop bothering people and be silent for a while. So that's generosity. Another question, Sekshi. Well, I guess to uh, keep with the tradition so far, I don't know that I have a question, but I do have a, a little comment. Um, it's like my brother's. Um, and I, I think, you know, 
Welcome to the club, those of you who are uh, who are doing this, and I'm really glad that you're here. And I, I guess um, my comment is a little bit about uh, what Jindo referenced about the the robe verse and um, also the lineage chart. That this is a very personal thing. Like this is a as as Jindo could deconstruct a little bit. That lineage chart might have some fudging and some uh, and some. Uh, inventions but you're still by doing this we do directly connect um and when we we don the 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 Raksu, it is this very personal and real connection to me um and i i hope that you can feel it that way as well um you know that ananda is there in the in the pattern of the cloth the way the the fields were laid out in that story and and the Buddha is there because you know he asked Ananda, oh, "Can you make a? Can you come up with something that will that will let people see that um, you are a follower of the Buddha?" And so we are literally doing that. You know, when you when you don the the Rakasu, you know, you are you are directly physically connecting to this lineage, um, and it's a really wonderful thing. So, welcome. <laughs> that was lovely. Rodney, you're here representing all Jukais. You are, uh, uh, so would you, anything? Yeah, just a quick question. I know primarily the, the um, ceremony is for first time precepts. Um, but I'm wondering for those of us that have been through that, is it expected that each year we, we take them in, as a refresh of our, our vows to the precepts? Oh, no, well, you know, it's a funny thing, actually. In in uh, many Zen temples, they do it every couple of weeks on the f full moon. <laughs> uh, they have a, basically a, a kind of ceremony. Uh, in your heart, maybe you kind of feel them every day. Um, you can take Jukai any number of times as a reminder. Uh, I know people in Japan who have taken them 30, 40 years in a row. I know some old fellow who had went every year no you don't have to participate in the ceremony each time as i said the ceremony is a celebration it, much more important is you do your best to try to live that way as best you can each moment and then you're taking the ceremony and um if it helps some people to recite and remember the precepts you can do that anytime. Just read them. Uh, but uh, you're welcome to take the, the ceremony any number of times you wish. Okay. Okay, I guess that's... Uh, do you have a question? Daniela? Anything? Daniela is another former Jukai. <laughs> Are you doing your best to live by the precepts? Always. Always. Very good. Thank you for joining us for the Tree Leaf Zendo podcast. Tree Leaf is an online practice place for people who cannot easily attend a Zen center due to health, location, work, childcare, or family needs. We provide netcast Zazen, retreats, discussion, Jukai, the support of fellow practitioners, interaction with a teacher, and all other activities of a Zen Buddhist Sangha, all fully online, accessible anytime, anywhere, without charge. 
Come build the future of online Zen community and practice.